Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Play to Win podcast, where we talk about winning in CEDH. I'm Dylan. And I'm Cameron. This week, we're joined by Jim from the Spike Feeders, who is also a new member of the CAG. Jim, how are you? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing great. How are you doing? It's going all right. It's going It's going just fine. So for those who don't know you, Jim, uh, let's just start off. Who are you? And also, what type of player are you? Just so people can kind of get to know you if they don't already. Well, uh, starting with the last one, I'm an MTG dad. Uh, not an actual dad. I don't have a child. But you know how every playgroup has a dad? Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. for the Spike Feeders, that's me. For uh, Playing With Power, it's Ryan. Like, every every single one. Uh, for the Mind Sculptors, actually, it's Cobblepot. Of course. Um, it's Dylan. But yeah. Us. Sorry. It is Dylan. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, like I said, I uh, am one of the members of the Spike Feeders. Uh, we are a group of, uh, I would say, I don't know if I would say CDH, but definitely higher power uh, skew players from Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Uh, we run a YouTube channel and uh, I, you know, talk a lot of smack on Twitter. I don't know. Is this like a family podcast? Or? No, you can say whatever, say whatever you like. Yeah, we want honesty. Yeah. I talk a lot of shit on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, all right. the curse word. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's great. That's good to know. Uh, we're, we've, we've been a, a fan for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so it's so funny. Spike Feeders, to me, has always been a CEDH YouTube channel. But realistically, it's it's really not. You guys do a lot of casual stuff, it seems like. You're kind of all over it when it comes to Commander. But to me, for the longest time, I saw you as a CEDH YouTube channel. Yeah, well, generally, like, so we definitely don't shy away from CEDH. Um, my vision for the channel when we started it was basically just we wanted to play what we thought was cool. And so if we came across a deck, we wouldn't not play it because it was too powerful because that's just how we played in our regular play group, right? Like if somebody wanted to play Zer Doomsday, then that's fine. Like play it. If you think it's cool, then play it. And that was kind of the message that I really wanted to send was that like, it's not really like a separate environment, you know? It's just like, if you want to play it, then play it. Like let the chips fall where they're going to fall and just do it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. We're a lot right of the time that you. ends up being powerful, but like we also play a lot of cooler, lower power stuff as well. Yeah, we're right there with you. There are times definitely where we play a lot of casual magic, but um, it's just it, commander is commander, whether it's CEDH or right. EDH. It, it's it's all just the same good thing. to remind us that these aren't two separate formats. Yeah, it is also exactly. one. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. let's let's start out with who is the CAG? For those who don't know, the Commander Advisory Group. Yeah, it's what, probably good to get that. Yeah, what that, that actual <laughs> is. Um, maybe you can explain, since you're a new member of the CAG, what is the CAG? The CAG is, uh, I guess to explain the CAG, we kind of have to start by explaining what the Rules Committee is. Uh, for those that don't know, uh, the Commander Rules and Ban List are controlled by a group of four people uh, named the Commander Rules Committee. So now it's currently four people, but there were different people in the past in varying numbers. But the current rules committee is Gavin Duggan, who used to be a, uh, a level, I want to say level five judge. Uh, and he was the regional coordinator for judges in Canada, actually, which is how I knew him prior to uh, playing commander because I was a judge. Uh, oh, it's also um, Toby Elliott, who works for Watsi, Scott Larrabee, who works for Watsi, and Sheldon Menery, uh, who most people know, I think. Uh, he's definitely the most visible of the of the commander rules committee. But um, 
you know, when we talk about the CAG, it's important to point out that the rules committee are the people that actually make the decisions. So they're the people at the table that have a vote when it comes to changing things about the format. So uh, back in, I want to say early 2019, it might have been late 2018, uh, the Commander Rules Committee decided that uh, it would be good to get a few more voices in the room uh, for a couple of reasons, for diversity reasons, for uh, busting up echo chambers, and even just uh, getting different perspectives. Because, you know, at the end of the day, they are all, I'm going to say, I don't know how old they are. If Sheldon's <laughs> watching this, I apologize. But they're all like... Not like kids. Roughly, They're not kids. Roughly yeah. <laughs> middle-aged white guys from the U.S., yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, when you have a, a group that is composed of mostly people from similar backgrounds, you tend to get similar ideas. Um, and, you know, if you have ever kind of put together a committee on something, it can be very valuable to get dissenting ideas uh, because consensus is a great way to do things really poorly with a ton of confidence, you know? Ooh. Yeah. Um, so they brought on uh, six people uh, to kind of advise them. And they're, they're fairly well-known people. Like, uh, you know, the, the main one that most people know is Josh Lee Kwai from the Command Zone. That's the one uh, my but mind they also, goes to. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right? He's probably one of the most visible people in the Commander, you know, content sphere. Yeah, I, I, I would, it, I would but... put them basically at the top of Commander content visibility-wise. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like, production value-wise, like, oh content-wise, like, they are... Yeah. The gold standard, right? They are the like, gold standard. That's where I look to see, like, how good our content could be. I look to them to see what they're doing. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, you know, when you watch the game nights behind the scenes, you see, like, um, they, I think they bought, like, a $12,000 camera <laughs> for the first episode of game nights. The first right? episode? For a comparison, for the first we episode. use my iPhone as a camera to film the gameplay. So. Every, every time. <laughs> every like, single still. time. Yeah, it's my iPhone. So, as a comparison. Yeah, like, we... We bought a camcorder and then masking taped it to the light fixture in my dining room. Yeah, there's a big difference here between <laughs> yeah, them and really. <laughs> yeah. So we got Josh Lee Kwai. Uh, there's Rachel Agnes, uh, who you might recognize from the Vintage Super League. Uh, and she is currently now a Watsi employee. Um, and she uh, is a Twitter master, actually. She's <laughs> hilarious and posts a ton of great content to Twitter. Um, but yeah, Rachel all around, just awesome person, uh, who also plays commander and notably is also a fairly spiky player. Um, she wrote a, an article, I believe it was a two part series on like, what is CDH? And it was a really good, like, um, sort of wet your, wet your toes kind of, uh, intro to CDH. It was like, Hey, just so that, you know, some people play EDH like this. And uh, anyway, it's it's pretty good. But it was uh, a great article. Yeah, I, I haven't had the pleasure of playing with her yet, but she is very entertaining. And uh, yeah, from what I've seen, a very good player. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, there's also uh, Shivam Bhatt, who is a, uh, a podcaster. Actually, he used to run the podcast Commanderin, and now runs his own podcast, uh, Casual Magic. And he's been around for uh, quite a while as well. Hugely passionate player. Very very vocal online. And uh, I would say, like, if you were to do up, like, a magic Wikipedia entry on casual players, like, Shivam's picture's there. Yeah, he is know? the Definitely. antithesis. Is that the right word? He is all, He is everything that represents the casual player to the me. Quintessential exactly. casual yeah, the quintessential player. casual player. Yeah, quintessential casual player. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> uh, there's also Charlotte Sable, uh, who is uh, a, a Canadian. I'm not sure if she's an expatriate, but she's currently living in Finland. 
and uh, also a former high level judge, very, very knowledgeable when it comes to the rules. Uh, and also a pretty spiky player. I've played with Charlotte quite a bit, and uh, her decks are pretty tuned. <laughs> um, I don't know if you saw a little while ago, there was a tournament where a um, an Unesh deck did fairly well. I did. That, I think I was at that tournament. That was uh, the CDH yeah. paper tournament, right? Like the last paper tournament that, yes. that was? I was mm-hmm. at that one. I remember I talked to that dude about his deck. <laughs> yeah, so I actually worked with that guy on his deck uh, a little bit. Did like, you really? Conceptually, yeah. What a weird, uh, cool I, deck. The reason... Yeah, it was really cool. But like Charlotte also plays Unesh, but it is also like very, very tuned. Um, like this is a capable deck uh, and she's a very, very capable deck builder. Um, so I would say like, I wouldn't say that she's a spiky. Huh, sorry, I wouldn't say that she's like, uh, you know, to the degree of like the the guys from Lab Maniacs or something like that, where we're talking about like optimal strategies and optimal choices. Uh, because she definitely likes to have her own spin on it, you know? Sure, yeah. And I think a lot of us do. A lot of us do, really. Um, but she definitely likes taking a concept and taking it to 100% of what it's capable of, which is, uh, you know, something that we're all pretty familiar with. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the last member that they brought on initially was Adam Staborski, who is a Watsi employee as well. Um, and uh, Adam is actually pretty familiar with uh, quite a few uh, different variants of magic like i don't know if you knew but like in the mid 90s there were a whole bunch of variants of magic there wasn't just like highlander was one of them right um but there was also like rainbow and there was um there was a bunch of different variants yeah in the Uh, mid 90s i was four years old so i didn't know much about them but oh Oh, (laughs) i could tell you a lot about (laughs) but that's about it (laughs) Oh no! <laughs> yeah, I was born in '91, so um, yeah, '90, '94. Oh. If we're gonna get, if we're gonna get there, <laughs> mid '90s, you were a little infant. Literally, when mid- I'm right at the point where like I can barely call myself a '90s kid because my memory <laughs> of the actual '90s is still pretty tiny. Well, guys, it's been fun. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Hope, hopefully, we didn't make you feel too old with that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, Stibbs. Uh, then shortly after that, uh, they added Olivia Gobert Hicks, uh, who you might be familiar with, Affinity Artifacts on Twitch. And uh, she's great. Uh, cosplayer, she uh, um, is one of the like mainstays of the cosplaying community and also does a ton of uh, streaming on Twitch. She streams Paper EDH like three times a week on Twitch. Uh, good friend of mine. And uh, yeah, so they added her. Now... Uh, yesterday, because we're filming this on the 26th. 26th, Tuesday night, yeah. Yeah, they added four more people. Uh, They added Daquan Watson, um, who uh, you might also know as Power Dragon. Uh, Daquan, very well-known person in the Magic community. Uh, Rachel Weeks, who is the co-host of the Commander Sphere podcast. Uh, Greg Sablin, who is, or sorry, Sablon, who is uh, a uh, U.S. military um, major, I believe, uh, and he's stationed in Japan and does a lot of work with uh, the folks that are, um, you know, uh, overseas uh, stationed and coordinates magic uh, communities with them. Cool. As well as myself. That's great. Wow. So congratulations. Yeah. You're a part of the CAG. How yeah. does it feel? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, it's a bit of a panic. It was uh, <laughs> There was a lot going on. I took the day off work yesterday, and I'm glad I did because my phone was blowing up like from <laughs> midnight Eastern time 
until about 8 p.m. last night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can like, imagine. Yeah. So, so how did like, that work? Did they reach oh. out to you? Were they looking for another person, or or how did that come into your your ballpark? So, um, this was it's been in the works for quite a while. Uh, Sheldon reached out to me to see if I'd be interested. Um, I want to say almost a year ago. Um, the, the format changes really slowly, and this is something that you'll notice, like with the ban list, with the rules, with everything. All of business, really. Moves <laughs> yeah. Very slowly, like glacially slow, uh, which is a good thing. It's it's a good thing, and it can be a bad thing sometimes. But uh, basically, yeah, they reached out to me about a year ago, and then it was made official. I want to say three weeks ago ish, uh, yeah. and then they announced it yesterday. So what is your role? Do you have like a role coming into the CAG or are you just along with everyone else, another advisor? Do you have, are you like the CEDH guy now or? Not really. Um, it's, it's definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's not like I'm the token CEDH person on the CAG. Uh, there are, like I mentioned, there are some people with spikier leanings. Uh, I am the first person I would say that's sort of from the CEDH community which is a different thing than CDH players, right? The CDH community mostly exists online, uh, mostly exists on Discord and the CDH subreddit. Um, but I would say I'm probably the first person that the CDH community would recognize as, you know, one of us, if that makes sense. Definitely, yeah. There is a, a different difference that I've noticed in viewership too of just like the uh, the CEDH community as, and separate from casual players who like watching CEDH content and playing the most powerful deck that they can play but still not in that CEDH realm. There is definitely a difference to those who are obsessed with the format and think about it nonstop and are on Discord and Twitter and Reddit constantly <laughs> talking about decks. That CEDH right. community. Yeah. <laughs> Ex exactly, right? And it's, it's kind of weird because people talk about the term cdh quite a bit and and i think that's one of the definitions is that there's like a community of people that call themselves the cdh community yeah and it's much more so really... than commander i think even though commander there is a community around yeah. it but it's it's not as niche so it's i don't know it's different we are forced yeah. to make a family out of those that we have much like yeah. any people in some kind of a weird sitcom yeah so right i i, I yeah. think i think our perspective is a little bit different than what like the the rest of the casual side of things would take a look at is that i have i have a headshot of me like crossing my arms if you want to do a buddy cop or like uh, there we go yeah i got i got yeah, me. definitely we'll something up <laughs> Yeah, so I don't think my role, my role in the CAG is not, not like, you know, oh, we got a question about CEDH, let's go talk to Jim. That's not really what it's about. I do have a lot of thoughts about the entire format, about, um, you know, all of the typical arguments that people get into online, like hybrid mana or, um, you know, what does white need or should whatever card be banned or unbanned. I've got thoughts about all of that stuff because I play the whole range of, of Commander, like, CDH is one of the ways that I express myself in deck building. So, you know, it's not the only thing that I play. In fact, I probably play a lot more casual than I do CDH, if I'm being honest. Really? Interesting. Um, yeah, because I play with Olivia and Jeremy Noel quite a bit on their streams. And that's, like, probably my primary play group during quarantine right now. So I, I would say I probably play 15 to 20 games of casual EDH for every one or two 
of CDH that I play right oh, now. Oh, wow. So it's that much more. Okay. Because wow. I would say yeah. I probably also play a little bit more casual than competitive, but only because casual is my way to like chill and relax and wind down with my friends, whereas CDH is like when I'm like trying to solve a puzzle and have fun. So like I think about yeah. CDH much more, but I play casual just like doing nothing, not really caring about it, I think much more than I actually play CDH. And I play yeah. in the same pod as you all the time. Yeah, so. yeah and you're playing with me. That's- <laughs> True. Um, so you say you have a lot of opinions about Commander. I'm sure we all do, but I, I kind of want to get into that a little bit of what your some of your opinions uh, of Commander are. So I have a couple questions uh, around your thoughts on Commander. First one, I feel like I have to ask you, are there any cards that you think should be banned? Not saying that these are the cards that you're going to advocate for banning, but if you had to name a card that you think should be banned right now, would you? Could you? Okay, so I've got I've got like a stock answer that I usually okay. give to people, especially you know just random strangers that ask me this question because this question comes up quite a bit. In, I imagine it, it's got to be the first surprised. one that anyone thinks about. What do you want to ban? You're the, yeah. you, you can tell people now. So what do you want? We're magic players. Yeah. Like what do you and expect? So usually, <laughs> I tell people divine intervention. Um, what? I think that divine intervention is probably the most bannable currently unbanned card according to the current philosophy document and ban list i don't even know what this um, card does cameron what does it do yeah divine intervention is a is a terrible card it's is it the awful. one that makes it angels is, uh, whenever a token right, i would like to read the uh, the card text here there's yeah, three paragraphs <laughs> no, let's just be clear so this is a chapter this one. is <laughs> so this Jesus is Christ. this is uh six and two white so, so eight, eight mana spell is a total already already uh, it's an enchantment. It's, it's an enchantment. From, okay. It's from Legends, so you know it's good. Um, <laughs> Divine Intervention enters the battlefield with two intervention counters on it. At the beginning of your upkeep, remove an intervention counter from Divine Intervention. When you remove the last intervention counter from Divine Intervention, the game is a draw. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, that card I had to terrible. go through all of that just to be incredibly <laughs> okay. disappointed by the end. Eight mana, and yeah. then you have to untap once and twice, and then it's a draw. For you just to not win. And then it's win. a draw. It doesn't, it doesn't win the game. It doesn't lose the game. <laughs> See, the to game me, is worst card I've that is seen. like... That is what white as a color is. Right from the get-go, they're just like, okay, we have to make a yeah. color that's so bad that everyone knows what a good color is. Mark Rosewater says this yeah. bad cards exist, so good cards have to – so you know what good cards are. What's funny Same is that white. the exact opposite card of this is Shahrazad, an incredibly cheap <laughs> yeah. card that makes the yeah. game go – infinitely yeah, that was, yeah, that's instead we'll play forever yeah <laughs> <laughs> this is hysterical i'm oh, sorry yeah, so this is, to does anyone actually play this card though this, does anyone but... cast this card yeah does anyone... okay so no so no <laughs> okay. that's okay. Okay. it's expensive um but no nobody plays this card and i think honestly i think that if people did play this card a lot at the inception of commander that you might see it on the ban list alongside World Fire and Coalition Victory and Sway of the Stars. It does the same thing. Um, it, ne- it negates everything yeah. the entire game, which exactly. is why those other yeah. cards are banned. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Talk my about buddy, uh, My buddy Josh wrote an article that he called Garbage Time, and I think it, it really adequately explains uh, why cards like Coalition Victory and uh, Biorhythm and Sway of the Stars, World Fire, those like what we call like seven, eight mana bad spells, um, why those are banned. And it's because people play them but they don't realize that people that other people don't like playing against them, you know, and it doesn't yeah. necessarily clue in for them. So um, I think that this is the type of card that the the rules committee might say could create, you know, friction, social friction in a play group. Um, so that's my little bit more meme answer. Okay. The, <laughs> the more complete and nuanced answer is that I don't think that, um, you know, Biorhythm and Coalition Victory should be banned. 
So I think that uh, there's maybe some structural changes that might be needed for the ban list. So I was actually uh, just going to ask you, my, my follow-up question was going to be, what cards would you unban? So is, are, is that use Coalition Victory and, and Biorhythm? Are those ones that you'd be interested in unbanning if you could? I would say if I were ranking them in, in order of which ones I would advocate for them to come off in which order, that those would be the first two up on the block. Um, my like In my heart of hearts, what I really want is Panoptic Mirror, but uh, I think that uh, Coalition Victory and Biorhythm are lower hanging fruit than Panoptic Mirror. Like I see a lot of people that will immediately reach for the cards that they want to play, and like I have a lot of people uh, in the last day or so ask me, you know, can you unban Recurring Nightmare or push for them to unban Recurring Nightmare? And I'm like, do you have any sure. idea how many cards would have to come off the ban list before it's appropriate to unban Recurring yeah. Nightmare? I know exactly. right yeah. on that. As yeah. a CEDH player, I can't tell you how much I want Balance unbanned. I think Balance would add Uh-oh. enough power to the white color pie that it would actually be a viable color in CEDH. It's extremely powerful. You have to know what you're doing oh, to break parity on it. But there's no world that that, that card would ever get unbanned. No. Absolutely not. No. In fact, um, I think if you were continuing that theme of ranking them and taking them off in order of like how appropriate it would be, balance would be like in the last three. 100% like agree. 40, yeah. 40 something cards on the ban list. Ban list is like, I would say balance would be after the Moxon. This yeah. is why white can't be good. It's because they it ban is the good, good cards. Good cards. <laughs> yeah. No, I really, the only reason is I've played balance in vintage and wow, was it just such a good time. I know how it just, it's a, a nightmare oh, yeah. for, for, it's for great in cube. For you draft player. like a nice wildfire deck. This is yeah. not why we're here today. Yeah, no. but yeah, that's not why we're here. not talking about balance. I, that's, that's what I would <laughs> unbound, but we're not going to do that. Um, <laughs> okay. So yeah. So coalition victory, biorhythm. There are some cards that you would like to remove from the ban, from the ban list. Yeah, absolutely. I I am in general I'm fairly anti-ban, um, which is why I don't like, you know, the, the question like would you ban a card out there? Not really. I I think that the format is pretty resilient and can handle most cards being legal, um, with people just dealing with them the way that they deal with them all the time. You know. Yeah, like, I agree. Talking to their playgroup. That conversation just, that rules zero. People yeah. joke on it a lot, but it really is just talks. They're like, hey, everyone, I don't want to play against that card tonight. Don't play against the card. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. The less banned cards, the better. Put them in your deck for the people who want to play against them. Say, yeah, I'll play against the balanced deck, but everyone else is going to say, no, I don't want to. And then you just don't play. We're not cards. starting balance in every <laughs> single deck that we play on the If channel, I talk Dylan. about balance enough, maybe I can get this conversation <laughs> going and we can get balance in the format. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what card I have here on my desk? Because I took it out of a game in the middle, in the middle of a game. <laughs> what? Uh, I have a copy of Warp World right here. Oh, um, I don't know this card. I'm, uh, I'm bad with card names. What is, you don't know Warp World? <laughs> I don't know. Warp World? No. What color is it? That might help. Red. Oh, red. It's red. It's definitely red. Does it destroy everything like a, another one of these destroy no. cards? I don't know what no. Warp World does. I'm sorry. All right. So this, this is, is this, this is, is uh, every a single. Clinic, <laughs> a clinic on eight mana bad spells. Yeah, another, <laughs> right, another eight mana. What does this, this card do? You have it in front of you, right? Red. This one, uh, each player shuffles all permanents in, they own into their library, then reveals that many cards from the top of their library. Each player puts all artifacts, creatures, and lands revealed this way onto the battlefield, then does the same for enchantment cards, and then puts all cards revealed this way that weren't put onto the battlefield on the bottom. It's so weird that they put creature, uh, artifact, and land all in one clause, and then they just, like, kind of threw an enchantment like it was an afterthought. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by well, the way, yes, they're permanent. Do you know why that too. is? Well, yeah, why is why Specifically, is it? it's because uh, enchantments can be auras, and the auras need things to attach to. So you have to put oh. them onto the battlefield oh. first. 
then the auras come in after so that you can actually get them. <laughs> why'd you have to ruin my joke, Jim? <laughs> why, did, <laughs> well, why, did they, why did they do yeah. that? Why care there? Well, like, a good reason. They're messing that every, is a good reason. The whole though. point of the spell is to mess everything up. Why give it the mm-hmm. advantage of being able to enchant the creatures? Like, Why that one little perk? Just let them fizzle or something. Wouldn't, if they all enter at the same time, though, even if it's an aura, doesn't it still need to have something? I think it has to have the target as it's entering. That's why auras are no. weird. No. They don't. They don't have like so. They uh, during the resolution of the spell, the creatures enter. Like say it's a, a aura that enchants a creature. The creatures get put on the battlefield, and then you put the auras into play. But because they're not being cast, they don't need targets. Um. So I guess it doesn't that's have to true. be in play yes. at the beginning of the spell resolution. It's like when you uh you when you zer something or whatever. But, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So you have this so, card. Anyway, you took this card out of your deck. <laughs> yeah. The point was, I was playing on Jeremy Knoll stream yesterday, and uh, I drew this card, and I'm like, "Ooh, this is going to be miserable to play on webcam." So yeah. I think no. I'll probably just cycle this <laughs> one for free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, notably, in my in my casual Flash Hulk deck, so Flash okay, Warp World maybe not so much. Uh, <laughs> So I have, I have a couple more, if we can, just uh, questions just to kind of get more of a feel of what type of player you are. Are there any things that you would change about Commander on the whole? Like any rules, any things the way you talked a little bit about hybrid mana. Are there any things like that that if you could just change the way it worked in Commander, you would? Anything on the tip of your mind? I don't really think so. I think no? that okay. Commander right now is in a pretty good place. I think it would be maybe interesting to test uh, slightly lower life totals, like not way lower, but maybe 30. Sure. Um, might make for an interesting shakeup in terms of you know incentivizing creature combat, um, but I don't think that there's anything like on fire right now that needs a massive change to solve uh, rules wise. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. What about goals? Do you have any goals now that you're on the CAG? Anything that you'd like to get accomplished as a member of the CAG? Yes, actually, I have a video series planned. I released the first video yesterday and the second one's coming out uh, this coming Thursday. I don't know what the date is for that, but I do a series called Spike on the Mic and uh, they're just kind of 10 minute video essay style, um, you know, my thoughts on paper kind of thing. Yeah. And uh, one thing that I'd like to do with that going forward is uh, essentially a tutorial on how to talk to people about commander so one of the things that i've noticed is that when people argue about things especially in commander um they tend to talk past each other and they don't make very good points Um, (laughs) yeah yeah so you know i'd love to form a basis for this is why things are the way they are right now if you think that things can be better research why they are the way they are right now um, propose your improvement and then make a good argument that supports it. And so I want to go through each of the main arguments that people make about things like hybrid mana, things like lower life totals, things like um, planeswalkers in the command zone. Planeswalkers <laughs> as commanders, exactly. So, you know, when we, so say we take planeswalkers as commanders as an example, um, we go through, okay, you know, magic, magic started. There were no planeswalkers. EDH started. There was no planeswalkers. Then planeswalkers started, and they weren't legal as commanders. Um, that fact has influenced the way that R and D has made planeswalkers because they weren't expecting them to be available in the command zone. So all of these planeswalkers that are being released right now that might have been designed a year or two ago, uh, R and D didn't expect them to be readily available as your eighth card in your starting hand. 
right? Right. So you make a change like, you know, Planeswalkers are now legal in Commander. We now have like two or three years of R&D lead time of them releasing busted Commanders that are even more busted when you always have access to them, you know? Yeah. Um, so this is like sort, sort of some of the collateral stuff that people don't really think about when they think, oh, I want my favorite Commander to be, or I want my favorite Planeswalker to be my Commander. There's like stuff behind the scenes that you have to think about before you make that change. And that's what I want to get people thinking about. A yeah. lot of them already have a legendary creature. Fencer, Nicobolas, <laughs> like a lot of them, you could just go play that thing instead too. And I've always found that the yeah. easiest solution with the, the Planeswalkers as commanders is most play groups are not going to care if you say, hey, do you guys mind if I use my Nicobolas Planeswalker right, as like my if commander? You just build it's just the yeah. deck. Yeah, most then, people, like if, if you just ask your group, like we've talked about this a little bit before, obviously the rule zero thing, it does exist, but most play groups will be okay with See what it's like to play against the planeswalkers. If they're not, then that's fine. You put that yeah. deck away. Yeah. You take out your other deck, and then you're good to go. You just yeah. find a different play group next time, maybe. Well, that yeah. makes it sound like yeah. Don't find a different group of friends no. just because they don't like playing. Just like you. just talk to them about just it. Talk to them. But you can though. You, like, you can. But you like, can. that's the best part to. about Rule Zero. You yeah. can ditch yeah. your friends if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> and like, yeah, you can leave your friends behind. Yeah. <laughs> just become um, a loner. Be, do, ditch all of your friends because they don't want to play Magic. With welcome you. to CEDH. <laughs> yeah. Jim, Jim Ten Planeswalkers, right? Yeah. 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 Right. But uh, no, like I, I put a, a poll on Twitter a little while ago. Uh, like, would you let me? You know, if I sat down at your table with a a, a deck and told you that the the commander was the Ozolith. Would you play a game with me? No. And it was like ninety-five percent yes. Ninety-five percent yes, five percent no. Oh jeez. People love seeing weird shit in commander. They love it. Like Yeah, I would be okay with if anyone playing any card as their commander. If someone asked me yeah. if they can play Supreme Verdict as their commander, I would say sure. Let's see what that's like. Well, I don't I'd care. probably <laughs> let them try it out. But yeah, then after play a while, once. the Ozolith can do some pretty nuts stuff. <laughs> yeah, like I'd oh, be yeah, a little yeah. wary. <laughs> Like, so the thing that I like the most about that is like um, Sheepy Cutie on Twitter, um, Sheepwave, uh, asked a similar question. Would you be okay with me playing four squadron hawks in Commander? <laughs> and I was Probably. like, yeah. I, yeah, it was such a weird question that like, <laughs> I just want to see what you're doing with four squadron hawks that you can't do with yeah. one squadron hawk. You know, it's not, That's it's what not I very see. good. So sure. Yeah, no, but it is a card advantage engine with scroll rack. It sure is. It does some things you with know? Jace the Mind Sculptor. It does a thing right. or two. Like it's there are some things, you know. Yeah. And uh yeah, so it's it's those kinds of things, especially ones that aren't motivated by power level. Like, you know, if somebody says, Oh, I want to play Gristlebrand, you have like a pretty good concept of what they're doing with it. Yeah. But if they're like, I wanna I play, play Elbris the Binding Blade as my commander, yeah. I want to see that. I yeah. I would want to see. That I one too, too want to see that. Elbrus the Binding Blade was my first rare that or a mythic. I think it's a mythic. Yeah, it was it my is. first mythic that I ever pulled out of a pack. I think that's Dark Ascension. That was my first one. I still have it. Yeah, like if you want to play that as a commander, I I insist that you play that. It if is. you have that in your in your bag, I would love to. It play is it. a legendary. Yeah, it's legendary. Right? It's right? probably the least it. stretch. That we've talked about. So if that far. card came out today, yeah. it one hundred percent would be allowed to be played as your commander. They would have made it so oh, yeah. they would have put it on the front that it, you can play it as your commander, oh, right? Yeah. If it, it was yeah, printed today. Sure. Yep. Or it would be like I don't know. It would be like some weird modal something or other, right? It'd be like those call time modal double yeah, face something. commanders, you know. But 
yeah, that's what like really gets me going is if somebody says, hey, I've done something really weird that I don't think anybody else has done before. I'm like, please show me. That's, that's what we <laughs> want to see. Well, that's great. I mean, I feel like that makes you a perfect person for to be on the CAG, right? Like you, this role, you were made for this role. If you just want to see the most interesting stuff, that's what Commander's all about. Yeah. Like I like somebody asked me, you know, a little while ago what like motivates you to play magic. And a lot of people will say, well, you know, I want, you know, to do something that my deck has never done before. Like I want my decks to do something that maybe nobody has ever done before. <laughs> you know? yeah, we need to, we need to set the goals high here. We need to set where we're going yeah, high. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, really. <laughs> Commander's so, complicated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, let me ask you this then, Jim. I know we've, we've been on all highs right now. Is there anything yeah. that you're nervous about joining the CAG? Uh, very. Um, I it, It's been a lot better in the last, like, year or so i would say it's been the the sort of climate of discussion in the format has been a lot better in the last like i would say since flash got banned definitely um, 100%. this this year 2020 was i think a big shift in a lot of people's minds for what cdh yeah. was yeah yeah for sure and you know leading up to the flash ban it was very tense the temperatures were very high there were lots of people like quitting magic quitting edh um because they kind of felt that their voice wasn't really being heard. Yeah. Um, and it was even like, even that was better than it was when I first started making content. Like we started making content in 2018. So it's only been like two years. Um, but even when we started making content, like the, the attitude towards uh, CDH was definitely mostly negative. You know, yeah, there really wasn't a group of casual minded players out there that watched CDH because they think it was interesting. Um, that like wasn't a thing. That's like most um, of our viewers. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I think a good chunk of ours, too. I, I think that there's like a decent sized community that maybe doesn't yeah. play, but is very interested in it. It's, you yeah, know? it's just CDH is, is very interesting to watch whether you play or not. Yeah. And I mean, people take their deck building ideas and, you know, um, the uh, whole deck building orthodoxy like the way to optimize in cdh can be applied to lower power level decks you know yeah definitely the fundamentals of lowering your curve playing appropriate tutors you know um shuffling card quality velocity all these concepts like can be applied to decks at any power level yeah definitely as a casual player i think it's great to watch cdh content because you get to see what the optimized decks looks like so you get to make sure that your deck does its thing every game if you adhere to the same guidelines of cdh but you just make the thing that it does a very casual thing like making big eight eights or something like that so if you take those little nuggets from cdh yeah it's good yeah so like the attitude is definitely a lot better now um, but it's still kind of it still exists out there you know, sure, sure. That uh, the people that uh, conflate CDH to pub stomping, or the people that think that we're, you know, out there to change the format into something that it's not, or you know, take away the things that they love about their format. Like I'm not the the person that's gonna ruin Commander for you. I hope I'm not. <laughs> um, you know, I'm doing this because I I love playing Commander, like at all power levels, and you know. I would not do something that I genuinely thought would damage the format, you know? Right. Um, but I, I do think that there is that perception out there. Uh, fortunately, the reaction was very uh, positive, I would say, yesterday. Um, like, my mentions were blowing up, but it was all very positive stuff. So I'm kind of still, 
you know, a little nervous about that, but some of my fears have kind of been allayed in that, uh, in that respect. Well, that's great. Well, what about excited? What are, we've talked a lot about ups, but is there anything specific that you're excited about? We've talked about this a little bit, but what are you most excited about doing now that you're on the CAG? What's like the first thing that you're excited about doing? Ooh, that's a good question. I, uh, I kind of want to go to an event. Um, this is kind of funny. Don't we all, man? <laughs> yeah, don't, don't we, we all? all. <laughs> yeah, like like any event. It doesn't even matter. It could be like Comic-Con. It could be like an anime convention. I don't even watch anime. I'll go. Like <laughs> I just want to go somewhere. But um yeah, like Jake uh Jake Boss, who's the editor one of the editors for the Command Zone. Um we were hanging out in Vegas last year. Or I guess it was 2019, so it was 2 years ago. And um, we were watching a panel discussion and it was uh, Jimmy Wong with um, uh, Glenn. Uh, he's uh, secluded Glenn on Twitter. He's one of the commander uh, R&D folks. Oh, yeah. Sure. As well as Gavin Verhey. And I think that was it for the panel. And we were kind of having a side discussion over uh, power levels, and like player motivation and stuff like that. And he said to me, you're going to be up on that stage next year. I know it. And I'm like, oh, okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, the the kind of cool thing is, is that like being on the keg, like that's maybe a possibility for next year at Vegas. Yeah, um, definitely. Because they do these types of things. So I am really excited to talk about like what's going on in the format and what I think about things and, and, and all that uh, in like these sort of forum settings. Um, we did one with Channel Fireball for one of the command fests. A little while ago and i wasn't on the keg but now i am and so i'm i think i'm more likely to get invited to those types of things now which is nice so yeah, I, I would cool. say that that's what i'm looking forward to that's awesome yeah i'm, I'm looking forward to you representing us <laughs> yeah <laughs> so this has been great i really appreciate you coming on i appreciate you coming on jim before i let you go though i i had one more question for you and this is uh, the question that i see the most i think online and i'm curious on your thoughts on this CDH ban list separate from EDH ban list. How do you feel about this concept? This is a question that I feel like we get a lot, asked a lot. A lot of newcomers into CDH will ask this. Why isn't there just two ban lists? A ban list for the CDH and a ban list for the EDH. I think I know where you stand on it, but just in case, how do you feel about this? And what would what's your reasoning for either separating the two formats or keeping them together? Yeah. So um, I, I, what I think is that if you were to create a, a, a ban list with an eye for balancing competitive gameplay, right? Right it would probably look something maybe pretty close to the 1v1 ban list that WotC tried to implement. Like it's um, EDH minus fast mana, minus good tutors, minus like all of this stuff that's super, super, super busted, right? Like I think a lot of commander players don't realize just how busted Soul Ring is. Soul Ring would definitely like, be banned, right? Soul Ring is one of the best cards in the history of the game. In my opinion, it's, it's better than some of the power nine. It should it's like For the sure tenth it power. It's the power ten. For sure time twister yep. out of there. Yeah, put Soul so, Ring in place yeah. Time Twister. Yeah. Yep. And uh so like not a lot of players realize that just because of how ubiquitous and inexpensive it is. Right. Um but these are the types of cards that you would need to get rid of to end up with a balanced gameplay environment. Like uh, balanced gameplay environments need to be curated and they need to be curated fairly actively especially with how many cards come into the format every set um so let's say for for argument's sake that the cdh ban list is the edh ban list min minus a bunch of stuff right um the folks that are intent on causing problems social problems will not make the jump over to the cdh ban list Right, right. They're just going to play the most powerful, powerful thing stuff in out of Commander. Their 
yeah, they just want to play their cards, right? They're generally not aware of the fact that they're causing social problems, and that's why they're doing it. Like, most people out there that are causing problems aren't doing it with genuine malicious intent. They're doing right. it because they're not aware that they're doing it. And if they're not aware that they're doing it, they're not going to, like, self-identify as the type of player that needs to be playing this other format. So the problem of pub stomping doesn't go away. Um, so when you split the formats, it uh, creates a situation where you've got a whole lot of work to do to create a, a balanced eternal format, which probably looks something like Legacy, maybe. Um, so you've got somewhere, a whole bunch of work Somewhere to do. between Legacy and Vintage, I would imagine, yeah. Right, yeah, exactly. Um, it doesn't solve any problems for CDA. Or just, it doesn't solve any problems for the greater EDH community, other than the fact that they don't have to listen to people complain about things. Um, and that's it, right? Then if people don't like the new environment, they just end up trickling back into EDH and playing what they were playing before. Like there's no incentive for them to stay if it's not a good format. And there's an additional problem that comes from the fact that people that tend to split away from authority will continue doing that. So if they disagree with the rules committee and they want to split off, they split off, form their own ban list. Then they disagree with the new rules committee and they split off and form a new ban list. Yeah. You end up with all of the like hundred different kinds of one V one commander that you've got, like French and Leviathan and it all just, those. It just becomes another tiny leaders, Oathbreaker, yep. whatever, whatever. It's just something yep. that it's just too much to keep track of at that point. Yeah, no, yep. I, I completely agree. If the format did split up, I would probably just stay playing regular EDH and just play whatever the strongest thing in regular EDH was and then just yep. make make a new CDH inside of regular EDH. That's what I would play instead of the, the yep. curated CDH format. I think a lot of players would probably just do the same. I'm just going to play Commander and just play whatever the strongest thing in Commander yep. is. And and that would be the that would be stronger than the strongest thing in the new CDH format. Right, yeah, because right? you'd be allowed yeah. to play Soul Ring in Commander <laughs> and not in CDH. So CDH would just get weaker yep. than regular Commander. And then you'd play your Commander deck against your CDH deck, and the Commander deck would win. Yeah, it just that's I never actually yep. thought of it like that. That it yeah, CDH would just become weaker than Commander. Yeah, yeah, and so it loses a lot of the draw that people play CDH for. Is they want to play the most powerful busted cards in the history of Magic, and that yeah. wouldn't be available to them yeah. in a curated competitive that's, format. That's the shortest best answer for me right there. Is just CDH would become less powerful than Commander if, if the format split. Yeah, it's no, that's yeah, the whole the whole aspect of why you play CDH is just completely is just gone, right lost away. at that point. <laughs> yeah. Yep, hundred percent. Like at that point, you might as well just play modern or legacy or right. whatever. That's right? literally like, what I was thinking. Yeah, like it would turn the yeah. CEDH into standard, and then EDH <laughs> is vintage and legacy. Yeah, no right. good. Yep, hilarious. Great. Well, good to yeah. know, Jim. I really appreciate you coming on. Uh, if anyone is looking for where to find you, if they want to ask you a question about the CAG, if they want to pick your, pick your brain a little bit, where is the best place that they can find you? Yeah, so there are uh, two good places to find me. First is on Twitter. I'm fairly active on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at at JimTSF. Uh, that stands for The Spike Beaters, but it's at JimTSF. Uh, you can also find us on our Spike Colony Discord, uh, which I have a link to, I believe, on my Twitter account. If I don't, then I'm going to add it right now. You can but, give it to me, uh, and I'll put it in the description of this video if you're watching this video. Yeah, or... yeah it's down in the doodly-doo. You yeah, know? That's where it is, in the doodly-doo. Um, yeah, <laughs> but those, are, I would say, are the two best places to uh, get a hold of me. If you want to get a hold of the Spike Feeders as a group, you can email us at thespikefeeders at gmail.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm Dylan. I'm Cameron. See you guys next time. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. 
Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.